Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio.
Well, welcome to a, another edition of Prayer International Radio. I'm your host for the night, Sean Holmberg. Our call in number is 619-638-8458. If you have any prayer requests, um, please give us a call. You can also email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com. So, Father God, tonight, Lord, we lift this broadcast to you, Lord, in the next two hours, Father, that your will would be done, Lord, that you would reveal yourself, magnify the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Father, throughout the nations tonight, Lord, let your name be exalted. Father, you declare that you exalted your word above your name, Lord. Father, take your word through your Holy Spirit and make it alive to us tonight. Thank you, Jesus, tonight, Father. We lift up the nation of Israel, Lord. Father, asking for your sovereign and divine protection over the nation, Lord. Father, not only that you would cause Israel and Jerusalem to be a blessing in the earth, Father, but that you would divinely protect her with your hand, Father. Lord, that you would cast down the schemes of the enemy, Father. Lord, we apply a hedge of protection around Jerusalem right now, Lord, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we say, How lovely is your dwelling place O Lord Almighty, for my soul longs and even faints for you, faints for you, O God. For here my heart is satisfied.
you pray, I pray. And what you pray, I pray. Where you go, I go. What you say, I say. God, and what you pray, I pray. And what you pray, I pray. So how can I? Um, that God can turn almost anything into a parable. 
um, anything in real life can be used um, by the Lord as a demonstration to our own lives, our own um, relationships to Him, our um, walk in this world. And, you know, sort of like these, um, if I can draw a little parable uh, analogy here for you, I don't know if analogy or parable would be a better word, a better word, but you know, these baby kittens come into the world and their eyes are barely open and they still rely on their mother um, for everything. And at some point, after the first month um, of growing and developing and learning to walk on their own, learning about stumbling and getting back up and starting to develop strength in their bones, um, they slowly and gradually start making their way out. And it's... It's interesting to watch them um, try to go out on their own, and then if they mess up, if they stumble and they fall or whatever, they immediately turn around and run back to their mother. But, you know, their eyes are barely opened. Um, They are for the most part, but they're still not fully developed. And, you know, when Christians um, come into the world and not the world, uh, not the physical world that I'm talking about, but the the realm of the spirit because Jesus said to Nicodemus in the book of John he said um, unless you're born again you cannot see the kingdom of God Nicodemus said how can a man be born again when he is old and Jesus said um, you know what let's turn there um, which is John the gospel of John chapter 3 Jesus answered and said to him Most surely I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born again when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Most surely I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. And, you know, much like these baby kittens who were just born in the world, um, at one point in time we were all um, new Christians in the world um, with newfound desires and um, to serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, um, but not all, but not completely aware, not completely understanding and comprehending, comprehending the spiritual world, which we now live in. Um, because the Bible says we shouldn't be walking according to the flesh, but it says we should be walking according to the Spirit. Um, and through the New Testament, through the words of Jesus, um, and even the disciples, it's evident that there's two realms that we live in. There's the physical realm and the spiritual realm. Jesus said, um, The hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And, you know, Paul said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this age. Um, And he's referring to the spiritual enemies that we fight. And so let's see how we're going to go about this tonight. Um, You know, I was going to talk about grace. And, you know, the interesting thing about grace is, you um, start this walk, and as the scripture declares, you have the milk of the word. You have the simple 
simple, simple truth of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as you grow and as you mature and the knowledge of the Lord and the revelation through the Holy Spirit of your character, of your identity, of your place as a child of the Most High God, the Lord begins to reveal to you more. The more you um, read the scriptures, the more you meditate upon the scriptures, the more that's revealed to you about the, um, I want to say the actual state of things, but the um, the bigger picture, um, you're in, the more you start comprehending the um, smaller things, um, the Lord reveals to you more. Um, Grace is one of those good examples. Um, if anyone's read the book of Romans, um, you know, Roman, the book of Romans is sort of like the book of um, Hebrews, which is that um, to people without the spirit of the living God, um, hold on, see, anyway, there's some crazy, something, something crazy going on in our chat room, but I'm just going to trust the um, people in, the, in there to take care of it. Um, and see what they say to me. Um, so everybody, hold on just one second, and let's see what kind of what thing, what's unfolding in our chat room. Um, okay. Anyway, so back to the um, lesson. Grace. <clears throat> it says in Romans three twenty seven, where it's supposed to then. Is it excluded by what law? Of works? No, but by the law of faith. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. Or he is the God of the Jews only. Is he not also the God of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also, since there is one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith. Do we then make the law void through faith? Certainly not. On the contrary, we establish the law. So, um, so I'm getting drawn into the chat room once again. Don't know who they are. Don't know what's going on. So, um, you know, let me just say this. Um, I'm trying to do... So, sorry, everybody, I'm trying to do two things. One, pay attention to the chat room and at the same time try to get about this message, which is not easy to get about to anyway. Um, okay. So, we we have the milk of the word, but and Paul said um, that some people weren't able to handle um, anything more than that, the actual meat of the gospel. And, you know, people who don't trust in the Holy Spirit, um, and that may not even be a good word, people who don't um, let the Holy Spirit reveal to them the Word of God can read some of the books of the Bible, like Romans and Revelation, I mean, Romans and Hebrews, and they'll seem in some ways quite boring. And and um, in other ways they'll seem, and I'm not saying that the Scripture's boring, but I'm saying to some they would see it that way. They would see... Um, the way that it's written and not be able to comprehend it without the um, fullness of the revelation that only comes through the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit can take the Word of God 
and make it become alive inside of you. Make it literally um, spring forth. And um, so what I'm going to attempt to do tonight, which I wasn't planning on doing, um, but now I'm going to, is we're going to start at the beginning of Romans, and we're going to go through it. Um, because it's important for us to get past the basics. <laughs> Sooner or later we have to go past the basics. Sooner or later we have to grow up in the Lord and grow up in Christ. And, you know, I talk a lot and I say it a lot about um, how at times it seems that many people um, believe the say they believe the word, but they don't act like it. Or they don't really um, seem to comprehend what the word of God says. And so I want... <sighs> I want to actually go through um, Romans because, you know, Romans is literally a um, a blueprint almost of the Christian walk. Some of it good, some of it bad, some of it um, really strong language. But to be um, honest and have integrity before the Lord and through the Holy Spirit, I'm going to um, ask that the Holy Spirit take the words and reveal them to you and give you a revelation to what he's actually saying so, um, and I'm going to trust that the Holy Spirit is going to take care of whatever it is that's happening in the chat room. Uh, Father God, um, re we rebuke every spirit of confusion, every um, spirit of deceit and lies in the chat room tonight, Father. Lord, Holy Spirit, take control over it in your name. So, that being said, here we go. I uh, hope everybody's ready. hope everybody got their Bible. Um, I didn't plan for this. I don't have notes or a uh, 10,000-point outline, so we're just going to trust the Holy Spirit for all of this and see what he does. So, Paul, Romans chapter 1, Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God, which he promised before through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. So I'm going to stop. Uh, when Paul said that he was separated to the gospel of God, he was saying the same thing that, um, pretty much the same thing that the Lord said to Jeremiah. When um, he said to Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, or ordained you um, as a prophet to the nations. We know that the Bible declares that he has given every one of us gifts, and there's different ministries and um, different talents as the Lord's given each member of the body that make up a whole. And Paul knew, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that he knew um, his identity um, not only as being um, a servant of the Most High God, being a bondservant of Christ, being a child of the Most High. He knew that beyond a shadow of a doubt, he was called, he was anointed, he had the mantle to be an apostle to the nations through the Lord. And his calling and election were sure through the gospel. And it says in verse 2, which he promised before, through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was born of the seed of David, according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power, according to the Spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead. Through him, we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name among whom you also are the called of Jesus Christ. 
we know that the scripture from um, Genesis um, through from Genesis all the way through Moses through I mean Noah through the flood all the way through I mean Moses on the mountain with the Lord all the way through the prophets and the um, major prophets and the minor prophets and the books of the law and now um, up until the New Testament we're all declaring of the coming coming Savior the coming Messiah who the Lord said would deliver the people from their sins and we know that to be Yeshua, um, Jesus Christ. It says to all who are in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you. There's that grace word again. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all, that through that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son. You know, that's, it's interesting he says that, because he said that he serves with his spirit in the gospel of his Son, because he understood that it wasn't Paul's gospel. It wasn't Timothy's gospel or Peter's gospel. It was Jesus' gospel. Um, the message of salvation is not our word. It's his. It's not our actions. It's his. It's not our declarations, it's the Lord's declarations. It says, For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers, making request if by some means, now at last, I may find a way in the will of God to come see you. For I long to see you, that I might impart to you some spiritual gift, so that you may be established. That is, that I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. Now, I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, to come to you, but was hindered until now, that I might have some fruit among you. Also, just as among the other Gentiles, I am a debtor both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to wise and to unwise. So as much as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. And considering what this, the passage that comes next, I'm going to skip back and we're going to go over this again. And I'll try to push off the next passage as long as possible, at least for at least another five minutes. Uh, verse 16, again, um, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed. Um, you know, there's so much in that one verse. It's incredible. Not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. The power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. The scripture declares, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. For the Jew first and also for the Greek, because salvation was of the Jews. He says he came to his own and his own did not receive him. 
so as many did receive him, he gave right the right to become children of God. Those who are born not of the flesh, but according to the Spirit, not of the will of man, but the will of God. We, as um, believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, um, born not of the will of man, um, but as a first fruit, uh, as his, through his own grace, through his will, he has determined from the foundation of the earth um, that we should be saved through the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. And it says, faith to faith, the just shall live by faith. Um, you know, that, that this whole lesson in itself. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, just as it is written, the just shall live by faith. You can't have righteousness out, apart from faith. Just like the Bible says, faith without works is dead. Righteousness apart from faith is dead. Because our faith isn't, our righteousness isn't based on our own actions. It's not based on our own abilities, our own works, our own, even our own desires. Um, being a good man isn't enough. Being a great man isn't enough. Um, the Bible says that Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteous, to, for, to be righteous. And, you know, when the Bible says that Abraham believed God and it was accounted him for righteous, which is in um, the book of Genesis, that was before the law was even passed down to Moses on the mountain. So before the law was even instigated um, or declared, as far as the law of the Ten Commandments, um, before that even happened, Abraham was already considered righteous before the Lord through his faith. Perhaps as a foreshadowing of the faith that we would have through Christ Jesus, um, through the salvation and the redemption we have through him based on our faith alone and his work upon the cross. The just shall live by faith. Um, what can I say to that? Everything we do in this life, whether we live or die, it's through him, it's because of him, it's for him. Every action, every move, every breath. Every possession, every everything is because of him. Um, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine, um, I believe it was yesterday, and the the friend of mine is um trying to get a job at this one company and which it was the grace of the Lord. Um the the job even came about, um or the job offer came about and um so he's getting ready to go in and do um an interview. Um, for a different job, and so he's two different jobs he's trying for because it's pretty much whichever one he is offered he w he wants to take, and so he pretty much just um, determined in his um, heart that the Lord would just um, make available whichever one is his will and whichever one's not the door will slam shut. And um, he doesn't my my friend he, that um, doesn't have the best background um, criminally. He had a life like most of us um, before um, he knew the Lord. And the Lord radically um, stepped in, intervened into his life. Um, at the moment um, when he was um, pretty close to death, the Lord intervened, just like I had to do with this little baby kitten a little while ago, who was probably close to death after just a few 
weeks of being alive. Um, you know, the Lord intervened, intervened into this friend of mine's life, and he got radically changed. I mean, amazingly changed. Um, and so we were talking about the, and so, but he's, he's had trouble getting jobs at times ever since then because of his um, criminal records and things like that. And even though, I mean, his heart belongs, he's completely so, sold out to the Lord. He completely loves the Lord. And the Lord always provides for him. And, um, but he was getting worried about this job um, because they kept calling him and saying, okay, we need you to do a background check. We need you to do a background check. And it's like he was worried. It's like, okay, well, you know, if I do this background check, then if it comes back and it shows all this stuff in my past and I can never work for this company again and I wasted the 40 bucks for the background check and then whatever, and then I'm just going to have to hope this other job comes through and what am I going to do about money? And, um, and I don't know. And, and I, at that point, before even like half that came out, I was already pretty much determined what to say. So it's pretty much one of those moments where you just have to wait and patiently listen to someone talk and, because you already know what you're going to say anyway, which is um, trust God, have faith in the Lord. Um, he's Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God, our provider. Everything we have is through his grace. Everything is because of the unmerited favor of God that's been poured out into our life. Because we don't deserve anything except for wrath. And it's the one thing we're never going to get because of the love which he had for us. And and so it's like... I. You know what? And I, my advice to him was that you trust the Lord. You take a step of faith. Um, being, go for it. Dream big. Run as fast as you can. Make the highest jump, the farthest jump for the Lord, and see what happens. And if you don't get this one job, I told him then it's not like you're really limiting God's abilities. It's not like you just tied God's hand to intervene and um, provide for you another way because everything in this world belongs to him. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Everything, every job offer, every job opportunity, um, it's not necessarily your credentials. It's not necessarily how good your resume is. Um, sometimes it's just the favor of the Lord poured out into your life in a situation um, for the Lord showing you favor and where you may not be the most qualified but the but the Lord will give you favor in a situation so that you become the most qualified and so you know that's what faith is faith is trusting the Lord no matter what the situation is no matter what's going on believing that the Lord is going to be who the Lord said he was going to be and leaving it at that. And at that very moment, when you come to a decision, a decision to um, ha where you have to think one thing or the other, either you can complain and moan and you can be afraid, even though the Bible says he has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Or you can trust the Lord and believe that he is and believe that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And believe that he can do everything that he promised, that his word won't return to him void. And that is his plan to to give you a life. And a life more abundantly, like the scripture says. Or like God said, I know the thoughts I think for you. Thoughts of good and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. 
and every every minute of every day, everything we do needs to be with that understanding in mind that the Lord's plan and purpose for our lives is to give us a future and a hope. Through his son, Christ Jesus, he's already made the provision. He's already um, paved the path for us. All we have to do is walk in it. Like Ephesians says, we're his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Not that we have to actually do the works, but that we just walk in the work that he's already done. You know, when Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden, all they had to do was walk around and enjoy the presence of the Lord. They didn't have to tend the garden. They didn't have to have, like, strenuous labors to enjoy the environment they were in. And we, too, as um, citizens of the kingdom of heaven, having been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, having been um, sealed by his Holy Spirit. You know, we too, um, much like Adam and Eve at one time, through the blood of Christ, we too have the ability to enter in and to rest with the Lord, where through faith we believe the Lord Jesus Christ for our righteousness, we cease from our labors of trying to obtain righteousness, and we just start walking with the Lord. We understand that He anoints us and calls us to for His good pleasure and purposes to fulfill His will upon the earth. But it's our, not our job to make everything happen. It's our job to be obedient to His calling and then let Him do the rest. So, uh, here we go. I can't push it off any longer because I've already taken up 45 minutes of the first hour of the show. So, I hate I hate reading this chapter. I don't – well, let me say that's not the right way to say it. I sometimes don't like reading this next part of the chapter because you never know who's listening and what political or religious ideologies they're going to have. So, I'm just going to like preface this. And let you know, I'm going to read straight from what the scripture says. And if you don't like it, then you should probably go take it up with God because He's the one who wrote it. And if you don't believe it, if you don't, um, or even if you do believe it, if you don't agree with it, um, with anything that it's going to say here in a, in a minute or two, then you know what? Take it up with God. If you want to go serve another God, go serve another God. But as for us, we're going to serve the Lord. So there's my preface and my um, disclaimer before this. Um, you know, God loves you no matter what, but um, some things are true no matter what. Some things are gray in, in a gray area, and some things are flat out black and white. And the Word of God, unfortunately, is not a gray area. It's a black and white area. Of this is what the Word of God said, and His Word is going to stand throughout all eternity. Not the Word to men. Verse 18 of Romans chapter 1. So, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who suppress the truth and unrighteousness. Because what may be made known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. You know, it's interesting. I saw this painting the other day. Um, 
that I guess it was a Van Gogh um, who was a famous painter, and um, they found this Van Gogh painting um, hundreds and hundreds and or however many hundreds of years or it's been since Van Gogh was alive. Maybe it's only one or two or three. I don't know. Um, but this painting was immediately because they recognized whose painting it was, even though no one saw him write it. They could tell by the attributes of the painting and the way the brushstrokes were and the type of paint he used and the age of the paint and all this other stuff. They just knew it had to belong to be, um, belong to Van Gogh. And because of that, immediately this painting is worth millions and millions and millions of dollars. So how is it that the people of this world can see the attributes clearly written on all of creation and not be able to comprehend who the author is. How is it that <clears throat> we can look at the, the doctors and scientists and everybody else who proclaim themselves to be wise, um, can look at the complexity of the human body alone, that while we can explore the universe with amazing technological advances and we can cure diseases and we can um, you know do amazing things but yet we can't figure out exactly the way that all the neurons and the brain function we can't um, completely comprehend still how the human eye works being the most complex organ in the human body because of all the connections and everything else. And, you know, just the complexity of the human creation um, and the intricate nature and care that God took in creating life itself bears his mark and, and it is authorship and it still surprises me to say that people um, don't believe it and people want to make excuses um, any excuse they can except to um, flat out come out and say that there's a God because if they do that then immediately they're responsible for the knowledge that they have and they would understand at that point they are physically making a choice to either serve him or not and it's a decision that those who claim to be unbelievers don't want to have to ever get to. So something inside them refuses to come to that point of making that decision. Um, they'll just have excuses about why there can't be a God, even though the Bible declares that they know there is by the very creation itself. And it says in verse 21, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. You know, there's only so so long that you can walk away from the Lord and deny him. Before, not that the Lord will turn his back on you, that's not what I'm saying, and not that they'll, you'll get to a point where the Lord will say, well, I've had enough of them. No, not, that's, there's no, you're never at that point until the very end when the Bible says that every man is appointed one, once to death and after that the judgment. And, you know, 
sorry, my Skype's beeping in. Um, and so the more you deny God, the more you um, refuse to acknowledge him as God, what happens is not that he turns away, but the same thing that happened in the Garden of Eden is that you turn away, that your heart slowly becomes darkened and your heart slowly becomes hard to the Lord, where you pretty much um, have blocked out him and have pretty much put a barrier up from the love of God being able to shine into your heart. It says, professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Therefore, God gave them up to uncleanness and the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions, for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise also, the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust for one another, men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error which was due. And even as God did not, even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness, they are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. Well, that's a lot to get out. But to, um, you know, break it all down in a little bit is that while you cannot run the love of the Lord and his desire for you, because the Bible declares that he's not willing that any should perish, that all should come into everlasting life, there comes a point when the Lord will let you do what you want. He's not going to force you ever. The Holy, the Bible says that he's a shepherd, and shepherds rarely force their sheep to do anything. They always lead them. The Holy Spirit leads us and guides us. He doesn't force us to do anything against our wills. And when through continual refusal to heed to the Spirit of God, you know, sooner or later it'll become almost impossible to hear the voice of God because you'll have become so accustomed to blocking it out that any voice you hear outside of God's will be the one that you follow, including that of your flesh. 
And the desire of the flesh is always for the flesh, never for the spirit of God. And because the flesh can't comprehend it. And you know, that's how people fall into sin, how people fall into um lifetime of serving their flesh because they've blocked out the spirit of the Lord from talking to them. They flat out refuse to acknowledge or accept or contemplate or even consider the ability of who he really is. So this is pretty much the end of chapter two of Romans. Um we're gonna take a quick break to check the phone lines and we will be right back.
International Radio, our call in number 619-638-8458. Through the um, song and in the chat room, um, turns out there's someone that is needing prayer, um, and which is always our first priority to um, seek the Lord and to trust the Lord for things and to see Him be magnified and glorified in someone's life. Um, And so... um, I've invited um, one of our faithful, faithful, amazing chat room anointed people to come on the air with us and pray. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, how's it going, eh? Pretty good to hear you again. Um, I'm I'm sort of sort of feeling Canadian tonight. No, yeah, that's fine. I saw someone in the chat room speaking German. I didn't know how, what it was. I just knew it was probably German. So, um, yeah. But yeah. yeah so I was, so you saw all the prayer stuff that was going on, and I, I didn't get to read all of it. So, um, but I know that all of our chat room listeners um, are all of them are super anointed, um, really love the Lord, and so, um, so I was gonna let you go ahead and pray because oh, it's, not wow. about, it's not about our words; it's about the Lord Jesus Christ. So, um, and you know the whole situation and that's going on in there. So, right, right. Well. Um, Sir Kills a Lot says that um, he really would need some prayer. I, I think it's a dude. I'm not really sure. Um, but uh, he asked for, he, she asked um, for prayer to get a job and have a better connection with their family and uh, that they've hurt them before, not physically, um, but he or she wants um, forgiveness to start a new chapter. In life, um, are you a dude or a chick? Sir kills a lot. It sounds like you might be a guy, since you've been knighted. Kills a lot. <laughs> I'm Sherry. Uh, you guys know me in the chat room from Pet Prep Radio, um, and uh, I'd be happy to pray for you. Um, so, uh, all right. Well, let's just uh, let's all kind of. Go to prayer here and uh, lift lift their kills a lot up. Um, Almighty Father, you are truly amazing. Just to offer an opportunity for us to come to you at any time. You're never too busy to hear from us. And uh, when we need you, you don't tell us, hey, go away, kid, you bother me. And uh, It's just so unlike people. And... Um, it's, you know, not easy, Father God, to be here on earth, and um, it takes a lot of courage to uh, have the desire to follow you and um, to try to live the way that you instruct us to live in your word, and, um, you know, it, it, it just takes so much courage and strength to do that, and a lot of, a lot of courage, because it's just so easy you know, it doesn't take any courage at all to be a mean person, and 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 we we read that in your word. You know, in, in Proverbs, you know, you share with us uh, how there's so many um, scriptures 
regarding foolishness and um, how diligent people um, are rewarded and those that are foolish or lazy or sluggard, um, which basically means lazy or slothful, which basically means really lazy. (laughs) Um, Father God, you know, you just speak to us through your word and it's just so important uh, for those that are with us tonight um, to realize that if you really want to know our Father, you've got to read his book because he has written it for us to know him better. It's a love letter to us. And uh, so, Father God, we thank you for that word, Uh, the word which is um, so powerful and can demolish strongholds and is sharper than any two-edged sword. It is part of our battle gear in the fight against um, the powers and principalities and uh, the the prince of the air, um, as you describe in season six. Um, And it's so important for us to understand your word for us today. So as we lift up Sir Kills a lot in his situation with his job and um, and his family, Father God, we pray that you would give, um, Sir, I'd rather just call you Sir, because um, the um, ability to, um, the hunger and the thirst for uh, your word, Father, please lead him to uh, areas in your word that would be really relevant to him right now um, for answers and guidance uh, as he seeks for forgiveness, not only for himself, but seeks forgiveness from family members who uh, probably are pretty disappointed, um, maybe misunderstand uh, situations and circumstances that are um, that have led up to all of these things. And um, we know how difficult it is from a human perspective to gain our family's trust it's pretty tough once we've lost it father god but you know since you're in control of everything we trust you and we um, hope in you our our strength our joy um, all that we have it's it's all in you father god because without you we're nothing so father we we lift up Sir and his family to you right now in the name of Jesus. We um, take authority over that situation. Um, we ask, Father God, that um, you would just move in a mighty way and that the family would would see um, that Sir is making a, a real effort to um, to make steps in the right direction. And uh, give give Sir the um, the peace that surpasses all understanding, Father God, and the perseverance to um, turn to you uh, when he falls, and that the family would also turn to you, Father God, so that they would be uh, under the same understanding, and uh, that they would notice, Father God, when um, Sir decides to make good decisions and um, even if he kind of falls while he's moving 
in the right direction, that they wouldn't be too harsh on him, that they would be understanding and compassionate and not drive him back to a place that um, he doesn't want to go back to. So um, regarding his employment, Father God, we ask that uh, you would give him favor and uh, that you would help him to look at himself and and really determine what it is that he loves to do and that dream that you've put in his heart, Father God, and um, the way you have made this person that uh, they would use the gifts and talents that you have instilled in them, that desire of their heart, Father God, and help them to have the skills um, if they need to go to school or, excuse me, bring people alongside that might be able to mentor um, if it's not you know, the job that he thinks right now is the one that he wants just because he needs money, but the one that uh, he would really be great at where it would just not even seem like a job because it's what was put in his heart uh, by you, Father, and uh, that it would supply all of his needs financially and that he would be faithful to give back to you um, the tithe, Father God, um, to show his faithfulness and as we know that when we bless you, Father God, we just can't outgive you because you we can't outbless you because you are God. So um, to have faith and trust in that, I can promise you, Sir Kills a lot, and anyone else that's listening right now, if you do tithe out of what you have, um, you know you will get abundantly blessed. Bills will just the money will stretch. It's just beyond imaginable how it all works out. But it does if you're faith if you're faithful um, and you trust Him, you trust the Lord, because it's all His anyway, and all He wants is ten percent back. And the only reason He wants the ten percent back is so that He can bless you some more. You know that ten percent is um, it's not a law. Not even, you know, you never got punished for not tithing, but you just didn't receive the abundance from the Lord. And uh, so anyway, um, Father God, we're just truly grateful that you hear us when we pray and that we have um, wonderful brothers and sisters here on Prayer International that are available and willing to stand in the gap for folks like Sir and myself and everyone else in uh, the chat room right now. it's really cool, Father God, that um, even though we're all thousands of miles away from each other, that, you know, we've got friends from Germany and have had friends from India and, and all over the world, Father God, right here, not only in the chat room but on the phone and all over the United States, Father God. It's the, it's a really, really cool thing, Um so um, also, Father, I wanted to ask for a special prayer for some friends of our pastor and friends of ours, uh, Karen Letonin. She is Finnish, and she has very tiny vessels that lead to her liver. So it's like she's living with sclerosis of the liver on a daily basis, and they're struggling to pay for the medication that will keep Karen alive. And um, the medication is like $1,700 a month. And it's the only thing that keeps her liver from going toxic. And she can't really drink anything. Like, obviously, she can't really drink any wine or anything, but even water, it has to be in tiny little sips. And 
you know, she's going to need a liver to survive, Father God, and then she'll need rejection medication, and it's just very expensive, and, um, you know, Father God, we just lift her up to you right now in the name of Jesus, and ask for your healing upon Karina, and that you would support and lift up her husband, George, who's a very generous and kind and hardworking person, and uh, give him opportunities, Father, he's a skilled cabinet maker, he's incredibly gifted from you, Father, and and a, a man of faith that um, you would give him cabinet-making jobs that would provide income for them and uh, that maybe the medication would be paid for in another way or not even out of their pocket any longer, Father God. And we also lift up um, their grandchildren, uh, Teo, Malcomaki, Selene, and Dan and their children, uh, Father God, Teo has a, a tumor on the optic nerve, and he has 1% um, vision in one eye and 2% in the other. And Teo um, was diagnosed with this tumor when he was just a baby, and he's now 10 years old. And um, they can't operate, and um, it's not growing, but they're very concerned for him and his uh, so we lift up Teo to you right now also. And uh, keep your hand on him, Father God, and lift him up and, and um, give them your your peace, Father God. And we just thank you so much that you love us that much that you care about every little need that we might have. And um, so I guess also, Father, you know, I really could use some financial um, intervention in a, in a major way and very quickly and I trust you to do that through people or just um, in any way that you see fit Father and I'm trusting you for that and I'm believing for it and that you'll supply all of our needs because we need some food <laughs> and stuff and you know what I we need Father so alright well thank you Father God for Sean and his faithfulness and um and I, at this time, Father, I just um, want to close the prayer and, but uh, um, with praise. And we promise to give you all the honor and the glory and the praise for all you do. In the precious name of Jesus, we ask. Amen. Amen. I love listening Amen. to you pray because you actually prove a very important aspect of the Christian walk is that we do not need to yell at God to get him to hear our prayers. And... Because a lot of times you'll see people pray, and um, whether it's just how they were taught or whatever, we assume um, that we have to yell and scream and fight and argue, and like we have to carry on a big debate with the Lord. And um, when really the Lord, the Bible declares that the Lord hears us, and it says in First John, if we know that He hears us. We know we have the petitions we ask of him. Jesus never had to scream out his prayers before the Lord, and often he was really soft-spoken, and he said, I mean, even when he raised Lazarus from the dead, um, it shows a difference in the mindset of being completely at peace with your relationship and your knowledge and understanding of the relationship you have with the Lord. And not having the fullness of that Because most of us If we were in a situation where um, We were needing To have such a dramatic Spiritual breakthrough um, 
like when raising people from the dead or praying for major illnesses, we just assume that we have to strive in prayer and that we have to groan and moan and uh, and we just assume that's what's going to have to happen because somehow if we pray that way, the prayers get answered better than any other way. But in reality, you know, Jesus, when he prayed um, right before raising Lazarus from the dead, you know, all he said was he looked up at heaven and he's like, Father, I know that you hear me. But for the sake of those standing around, I pray so that they know you sent me. And he didn't, and when he was praying for Lazarus, he didn't say, oh, God, please, oh, God, oh, God, please, please, in my name, blah, blah, blah. And he just said, Lazarus, come forth. Because he knew the Father heard him. And he knew it wasn't a striving issue. It was stepping past um hoping and moving into expectation which is what faith is faith is when you move out of the hope now why the bible says um it tells us we have a hope in him prayer isn't one of those situations where we need to where we have to hope prayer is something where we have to expect we have to believe in what his word declares i mean jesus said um you can have anything you pray as long as when you ask, you believe it. I mean, you could tell a mountain to be cast into the sea and it would happen if you don't doubt it. And, you know, he said, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. And, you know, so sometimes when we're praying, we don't have to argue with the Lord or strive with him because he already knows what we need. And, you know, Jesus said that. He said the Father knows what you need before you even ask. So, Sometimes you can just quietly, you know, the Lord doesn't always, never screams at us. Um, Elijah assumed that God would when he was waiting for an answer from the Lord. He was hiding in a cave waiting for an answer from the Lord, and he expected it to be in a thunderstorm, and then there was this and that, and these big, huge, like, super, these big, huge, like, physical signs that he ex- he was expecting the Lord to talk to him through, and it was just a still, small voice that he heard. It was a whisper from the Lord to Elijah. And in you know, the same way, if the Lord already knows what we need. He already knows our the thoughts and intents of our hearts. He knows every thought that we think. You know, sometimes we don't have to strive over prayer. We can just be like, I mean, almost like you're saying prayer. It's like, God, I know you said this. We trust you. And let him do what he said he was going to do. And let him fulfill the words which he said he was going to fulfill. And, you know, that's part of the maturity of growing up in the Lord is is understanding that you don't have to always pray for every little thing. But when you do, you pray believing and trusting because there's, I mean, it's it's good, to, it's it's important to pray and intercede, and and I'm not negating any of that, but you know, when you come to prayer, sometimes um, a lot of times you'll see people or us in gen- or anybody in general, even all of us, um, will come to the Lord in prayer, and but we, in our we we with our mouths we're saying the perfect words, and we're quoting scripture and. We we're, we know what the Bible declares about what it is we're praying for, and we know what the will of the Lord is because the Word of God already declared it. But we come to Him asking, and it's almost like we're begging the Lord. And at the same time, 
the words that come out of our mouth don't match up to what's in our heart because while we're saying God I know your word declares that even with something like healing it's like God we know that your scripture declares that by um, your stripes were healed and so we're praying for this person to be healed and we're saying everything in our with our mouths right but in our hearts we're like yeah this person is never going to get healed and you know sometimes the first thing we need to do is actually change our heart so our heart believes the Lord and believes the word that 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 he's declared because you know there if if you're going into a situation to pray for it and you're going to have doubts then you're almost counter you're almost having a countermeasure against the prayer which you're praying because our prayer should be used to acknowledge and to agree with the word of the Lord or to agree with God upon the word that he's already declared, not to um, proclaim something that's already that's against his will um, or, or that's against his word. And even more than that is believing in a heart something that we know the scripture doesn't declare because we need the get the word of God inside of us so our heart itself is changed. So when we That's, see a situation, what? Go ahead. Yes, yeah, Sean, that is so true, you know. Um, it's true. You can, if you're not, it's kind of like lip service instead of heart, what's really in your heart. And, um, you know, there's someone in the chat room right now that's just joined us that um, is having a rough time. He says he has AIDS and that he had lived a gay lifestyle previously and feels like Jesus has punished him, and he says he's not living the gay lifestyle anymore, and why does Jesus still hate him? And um, Lawrence told him that homosexuals are not of God, ask for forgiveness, and don't transgress. And I told him, I told, his name's Hip Crime in the chat room, and I mentioned to him that Jesus loves him. And he says, well, why do I still have AIDS? I repented, I need prayer, and want to die. So, you know, to answer your question, Hip, you know, when we do things in our life, whether, you know, before we're saved, you know, there are consequences for our actions because sin is in the world. That's why Jesus, why God sent his son to die for our sins because he loves us so much. And, you know, I mean, I understand what you're talking about because I experimented, you know, in the gay lifestyle for a while. It wasn't for me um, and and all that, you know, and I I didn't use needles either. So I, I didn't, you know, I was blessed by God, really. To be quite honest, it was a miracle that, I mean, I wasn't, like I said, I didn't use, I'm not an IV drug user. And, um, you know, I could have easily uh, gotten AIDS just even from heterosexual sex. So, you know, the thing, the thing about it is, hip, that there are consequences. Say you go out and you shoot someone. That person is wounded. You're lucky they're only wounded. You're going to jail. You know, that's the consequence. And it's not that Jesus or God is punishing you. It's it's not that way at all. It's just it's just you know, the price you pay for choices you make. 
And God can heal you if it's his will. We don't know what his will for you is. We have to pray about that. And there is hope. You know, there are natural alternatives. Um, you know, I'm, I am a medical marijuana advocate because I'm into alternative healing. And there are a lot of, uh, there was just a study that was recently released that mentioned uh, certain cannabinoids in uh, cannabis, marijuana, uh, actually uh, can um, keep HIV from turning into full-blown AIDS and can help keep you from getting worse, which is really interesting. Uh, But uh, Jesus does not hate you, hip. He loves you. He made you. He created you. You were important. He knew how many hairs would be on your head before you were ever formed in your mother's womb. He, if you actually knew the thoughts, the the number of thoughts that the Lord has about you, just you, Hip, it would outnumber the grains of sand, as he says in Psalm 139. If you really want to know how Jesus, you know, and the Father feel about you, read Psalm 139. I hope you have a Bible you can understand. And, uh, you know, brother, I'm sorry that you're sick, but um, there's ways of managing that and that you are loved. You are loved, and people might judge you for things that you've done, but it's not what people think of you, it's what God thinks of you that should matter to you. And, uh, you know, if you want prayer, you know, I am I can pray for you. I think everybody here in the chat room, you know, whether they understand the struggle that uh, homeless being, feeling um, homosexual thoughts and uh, attractions um, to the uh, people of the same sex, a lot of people don't understand it. And uh, it is hard to understand even if you're going through it. Um, you know, so um, right now we can we can lift you up. Um, no Bible, you're homeless and lost everything. Oh, okay, yeah, Bible Gateway for it. sure. Yeah, yo, oh, that rocks. Okay. Well, well I understand. I've been homeless too. <laughs> Sean, you ever been homeless? <laughs> uh, actually, yes, I have. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I lived in my car for a long, long period of time. Um, so I know what it's like. Um, not to the extent yeah, that it sucks. Huh? <laughs> so to it, but you know, I wanted to say something. Um, yeah. About this whole thing, hip, um, hip crime. Um, I guess that's the reason I started off reading Romans chapter one. Anyway, that's not what I was going to say. But um, mm-hmm. you know, the truth of it, the truth of the matter is, um, when it comes to this whole God thing, and you know, people tell you that God loves you a lot. Um, and you hear it a lot, and it may not always make sense that he that people say that all the time because the situation that you, you're living in, and the environment, and everything else may not doesn't always add up in our mind um, the way the world is and everything else with a uh, God who's loving. Right. But um, the truth the truth is is that um, you know He loves you regardless. Um, he loved you enough that Jesus died for your sins. Um, so that you could be forgiven of your sins, have eternal life, have a relationship with him. And, you know, that's written in stone, can't be changed. You can't outdo his love no matter what you've ever done or what you ever will do. You can't escape the love of God. And um, so he loves you no matter what. 
sickness, disease, all that other stuff um, aren't punishments from the Lord for um, anything um, that um, you you could do at the moment. Um, but what we do know um, is, you know, we we have friends and contacts all over the world, and AIDS is not the worst thing that people get healed from. Um, what society and the world um, that we live in today won't proclaim is the truth, the fact that people do get healed, and God does heal people um, a lot. And, you know, not every person gets healed. That's true. But there's a great many that do. Um, one of my mentors, a guy named David Hogan, who I've mentioned a couple times on the show, um, he is a missionary down in Mexico, and um, he goes to um, Indi- like um, Aztec tribes and like tribes who live in the middle of the rainforest that will never ever see another um, outsider because outsiders don't won't spend the three or four days it takes walking on foot through mountains and swamps and stuff to get to their tiny remote villages but that's what the Lord told him to do is to go to all these people and tell them about the love of Jesus for them and so that's what he does and but he also believes the word of God and when the word of God says if you pray for people that God can heal them and so he'll go to these places and he'll pray and he'll believe and you know they've seen 500 people in the last 5-10 years they've seen 500 people get raised from the dead some of them, not immediately, sometimes days later, they'll pray for people and the person will get raised from the dead. And it's not because of them, it's because of the love of God and it's because of the word of God. And they've seen people with diseases like leprosy get healed. And um, just the other day, there was a meeting they were having and, you know, they're, and, and this lady, this was at a place called... Um, Bethel Church in California, and David Hogan um, had been had come up come up to California to this meeting, and they're all um, having just a regular service and stuff. And this lady um, grabbed David Hogan's hat and um, just started wearing it. And then, because she she had multiple sclerosis and she was stuck in a wheelchair, and she had lived most of her life that way. Um, she never did anything wrong, and. For some reason, she got multiple sclerosis and um, completely debilitated, couldn't walk, couldn't really do anything. And her outlook on the future of her life for medical science wasn't very positive. And But she knew that, there's a, that God could heal her. And so she asked for prayer and kept believing, and they prayed for her, and Three days later, after David Hogan was already gone back to Mexico, she came back to the church, and um, she was completely healed and walking. Um, And as far as the whole thing about... uh, No. um, Okay, let me just um, clarify this for you, okay? Um, The Bible says that there is none who have not sinned. Nobody. It says the punishment for sin is death, but the punishment for sin was already paid for you if you're willing to accept it because Jesus paid the punishment for all your sins. 
you're not doomed to hell or anything else because it's not God's will that anybody spends eternity in hell. It's his will that everybody has eternal life with him. And all that it takes is for you to just trust that Jesus died for your sins, believe in him. And that and 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 let him come into your life. That's it. It's it's that simple. And you know, all the past sins, all the guilt, all the shame from everything you've ever done in your past will be gone like that. Because the punishment though though you deserve a punishment doesn't mean that you have to face the punishment because he already paid the price for you. Um and you know, Jesus does love you no matter what. It wouldn't have mattered if none of us, the rest of us were ever born and if you were the only person who God ever created, Jesus would have still died for you because he loves you that much. And, you know, you're not a, your life's not a mistake. You're not an accident. He has a plan for you. The Bible says over and over again, over and over again, he said that, you know, God planned you out before you were even born. He had a he had this plan in his mind for your life. And while our lives don't always go exactly according to that plan he has, um, that doesn't change how much he loves you. Now, as far as the theology that God hates you because you're gay, that's not what the Bible says either. The Bible says that God hates sin, and but he doesn't hate you. But you know what? There's no difference between being gay and being an adulterer. There's no difference between gay and being a murderer or a liar or a thief. Sin is sin in the eyes of the Lord. And flat and simple, it doesn't matter what sin it is. They're all the same. Because So, you know, anybody who told you that God hates you because, because of a sin you committed or whatever is, you know, I'm sorry, but they're full of crap. And they don't know the Lord God and they don't know his heart and they don't know the love of God. And I'm frankly tired of Christians getting up telling people that God hates them when it's – I would love for them to find it in the Bible where it says that because it's not what it says. The Bible says that he's not willing that any should perish, that all should come to repentance. And it says whoever calls upon the name of the Lord should be saved, and it doesn't make a restriction. It doesn't say, well, if you did everything but this, then God loves you. It says no. He loves you regardless, and he loved you when you were in your worst state. Without even being perfect And So you know your sins Hip crime and everything you did in the the past It's irrelevant To the Lord um, Because he loves you still And he still has a plan And he still has a purpose for your life Don't listen to what the world says Listen to what the Bible says And you know I'll send you a Bible So you'll have one Um, But I want you to know That God can heal everything. He can change everything. He can, and more importantly than um, the physical healing that you want, is there's also a spiritual healing and a healing in your heart where he heals you from all the things that you've had to go through, all the things that other people have said to you and all the lying words that they've said to you and all the doubt and the shame and the judgment that people have tried to bring upon you. Because, you know, what, what What you need to know is that, you know, men are men, and God is God. And, you know, men are gonna, men are going to lie, and they're going to say whatever they're going to say, but God's word is always true. And his word declares that we're all sinners, and that Christ died for all of us, regardless of what we've done. And 
<clears throat> you know, God will change Jesus if you give him a shot. And I say this from personal experience because I year, I lived years and years and years of um, after doing things against God, um, where I never thought that I could possibly have His love ever again. Um, even after I did things, even after being a Christian, that um, were far beyond anything I could have ever imagined that I could have done. But it didn't change the fact that He loved me. And, you know, it doesn't, whatever you did in the past, it doesn't change how much God loves you. And so, you know what, we'll, we'll, we'll send you a Bible. And, um, but I want you to know that no matter what, that God doesn't hate you. He never did hate you. And he's never going to hate you. And you can't escape his love no matter what. He still considers you his kid. He, the Bible declares us as children of God, whether we realize we are or not. And, you know, he still considers you his child, and he's always going to be there for you. He's always going to love you, no matter what. But, you know, the Bible declares that it's through the blood of Jesus that we have forgiveness for our sins. It's for you. It's through his work on the cross and what he did to die for our sins that we're saved. It's through him, the name of Jesus, that we're healed as well. It's not through what men do. It's not through our own power, our own anything. It's through the authority of the name of Jesus. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Father, we are asking for complete and total healing on, um, on hip crime, Father. Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, I rebuke the spirit of AIDS, and I rebuke this disease in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus, I command this disease to go from his body, Father. Lord, I'm asking for complete and total healing in his body, Father. Complete and total healing and restoration, Father. Remove HIV, remove AIDS, remove every bit of it out of his blood cells, Father, out of every cell in his body, Lord. Restore every organ in the name of Jesus Christ, Father. Restore the damage from the organs that the organs have, have had to go through, Father, in your name, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, Father, we declare your word to be true over his life, Lord, that he will be completely and totally made whole, Father, by your love, Jesus. Thank you. So, um, that's that. You know, um, the Lord, if you give him a shot, if you will just trust him, put, put put behind you all the things you've heard in the past. Put behind everything people have said. And, you know, just trust him a little bit. Not a lot. Just, you know, literally, it, it's a matter of saying, God, you know me. I know you. You don't have to lie to him. He knows everything you've done. He knows what you think. He knows what you feel. He knows what you've had to go through. Just be, just ask him, show yourself to me, reveal yourself to me, and, you know, give him your life. Let him, and he will, he'll come in, he'll change everything. He'll change everything about the way your life is, everything you see. You, he will explain to you so much about his love for you, and he'll reveal it to you, and it'll be real, and you'll know that it's permanent, and you'll know that you're 
your life is secure with him and that you can trust him. And so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to send me your phone number as well. Um, in the, in that private chat along with the address. Um, and, Oh, yeah, hold on. Um, sorry, I was looking at a, another thing. Um, you know, I'm gonna. We only have 15 minutes left. Um, so, if you don't mind hip crime, um, I, I also, if you can, if you have the ability to, I also want you to call in tomorrow, if it, if it's possible, and um, and so we can talk to you some more. Um, not necess- I don't mean on the air or anything like that, but just and then we're also I can also email you and stuff like that and we can get in contact and as far as the whole homeless thing we can as much as the Lord um uh, gives us the ability to we can help in that area as well as plus all the other people who are around. Um because you know we've all experienced it. We've all had lives that were contrary to what they should have been in the Lord, and the Lord forgave all of us um, abundantly at times. And you know, so I'm living, in, we're living examples of His grace in our lives. How God gave us His love when we didn't deserve it, and how we did things completely against what we knew to be right, and He still forgave us. And he's still going to forgive you if you'll come to him and you'll trust him and you'll ask him to forgive you. And he'll forgive you of all of it because the punishment was already paid for you. Um, You know, the Bible has this famous phrase that says, you have not because you asked not. And, you know, if you're willing to ask him, he'll do it because God doesn't lie, period. Men lie all the time, nonstop, every day. Um, But God will never lie to you. And his word will always prove to be true. And God will always prove his word to you. Um, So I wanted to take a really quick break um, because we have this um, orphanage in um, India. And um, they, I mean, literally the the ministry of Jesus is all I can say. Um, It's called Grace Orphanage. And um, it's their... um, one of the members, it's his birthday tomorrow, and so he wants just prayer that the Lord will, and a blessing from the Lord, and um, so, so we're going to pray for um, God's grace um, and on them, Lord, Father God, for Grace Orphanage, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Lord, we ask for a complete financial breakthrough, Lord, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, Father, that you would open up the windows of heaven, Father, open up the doors, Lord, for opportunity, Father, expand the borders of their hearts, Father, Lord, cause them to expect amazing things from you as your word declares to call upon you and you would answer us. And show us great and mighty things we know not of, Father. So, Lord, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, Father, I ask for your fire to fall upon Grace Orphanage, Lord. That your spirit would fall upon that place, Lord. That you would consume it with your presence, Lord. Father, that you would fill every single member, every single member of the staff, every single leader, Father. Every single child in that place with your love, Father. 
the spirit of revelation would become upon grace orphanage of the love of God, Father. Lord, and in demonstration of your spirit and power, Father, you will touch every person in that place. In the name of your Son, Father. Amen. Um, so I wrote down your number, um, hip crime, and um, I may try to call you tonight. If not, uh, I'll call you tomorrow because I've got to be up in a couple hours to go to work. Um, so um, that being said, you know, I'm going to talk here for a second, if that's okay with everybody. Um, you know, we talk about the words of our mouth being living. And, you know, the Bible says in the, the book of James that blessing and cursing shouldn't come out of the same mouth. We, With our mouth, we, you, we, we bless God, and at the same time, we curse our brothers who are made in the likeness of God. And we shouldn't. You know, your words are powerful. And... The Bible says the word of the Lord is living and powerful and sharper than any two. It just sort of says you have the power of life and death in your tongue. And the most important thing that we need to control is our is what comes out of our mouth. Are we proclaiming the word of the Lord or are we proclaiming the word of the enemy? And it's only going to be one of the two. You can't serve two masters. You know, if you're constantly going around speaking negative things then you're creating curses all around you, and you're bringing curses upon your fellow brothers and sisters in the Lord. And, you know, you need to... So we as a church, um, not just Prayer International and our church here, but, you know, as the body of Christ, those people who claim that we're following the Lord Jesus Christ and we're in His image and we're supposed to have supposed to have the compassion of the Lord Jesus working in our lives as a demonstration of his love toward us. We in the same manner need to number one control our our thoughts as the Bible declares. So we're thinking not the thoughts that the world thinks, but we think the thoughts that um that God says. I mean it says casting down every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Every thought, period. If a thought comes in your head and it doesn't line up with the heart and the character and the integrity and the love of the Father and with the Word of God, then you cast it down in His name. It says, I mean, the things that are good, pure, holy, um, think on those things. And, you know, the second thing is to control the words that are coming out of your mouth. Because the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And it says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so if you get your mind to the point that you're only thinking the things of the Lord and you're only thinking the scriptures, that's going to be what's in your heart. And so when you open up your mouth, the things that are going to come out of your mouth are not the things that the world declares, but it's going to be the things that God declares. And that's when you're going to start making a difference in the environment around you because you're constantly, constantly be pouring out like the scriptures, it's a fountain of living water from your mouth that will heal the nations. If you're willing to start with what's in your heart and control what you let inside your heart and what you let inside your mind and what, what you meditate on. That's why the Bible says meditate upon this word day to night for then you'll make your way prosperous and then you'll have good success. You know, God didn't say things just for the fun of it. He said it because there's a reason. And it, you know, when you're praying and when you're believing and when you're saying things, you need to say them with the understanding that his words, he said that my word will not return to me void. 
So I've rambled long enough about that. Um, so this is Prayer International Radio. Um, our call-in number, as always, 619-638-8458. Um, you can email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com. Uh, Chris will be back on tomorrow night at 10 o'clock. Um, and I have no, absolutely no clue what he's going to talk about. Um, and I'll probably end up being on too. So if, depending on what the Lord says. Um, and as always, our good friend um, from Pet Pet Radio, who's on the air, an amazingly anointed, amazingly, uh, amazing relationship with the Lord. Uh, are you still there? Uh, yes. <laughs> I was just finishing, like, encouraging um, Hip, because I think that he's not had the fellowship that he's finding here um, from what he's saying. And um, I, I told him, you know, whenever a, he's like, how do I, what do I do when those thoughts keep bothering me? And, you know, one way I overcame especially one thing used to bother me all the time I would just repeat the name of Jesus over and over again as a prayer you know and I'd ask him to take those thoughts away and I would just keep saying the name of Jesus until that thought was rebuked Um, that really helped and sometimes I had to take it minute by minute because I was being plagued by demonic oppression and strongholds that had taken me over when I was kind of a, a baby Christian so, um, you know, but um, I'm truly um, humbled to have the opportunity to talk with you and uh, and share some of my testimony with, with people that um, will understand it instead of throwing my pearls before swine and then getting them trampled in the mud. Um, so I just thank you for the opportunity to be used and... Um, you know, for the anointing of uh, Prayer International, and um, I just thank you for the opportunity. Well, it's not it's not our anointing; it's His anointing, and it's not our ministry; it's His ministry. And um, you know, you and all the members who listen to us all across the world. I mean, even Grace Orphanage in India. You know, it's it's not um, the one thing that me and Chris agree on, um, no matter what, is that this whole thing about ministries and variations and this person and this person and this person you know what we don't have time for that we have a whole world that needs to know the love of god and so it's about all of us we're all in this together we're all we're all all part of the same family um the same body in the lord jesus christ and so the same holy spirit is in all of us and there's no difference um and so your your the anointing you have, the prayers that you pray are just as powerful as any of us and the same with Peter or any of the disciples or Paul who wrote most of the New Testament. Um because it's all about Jesus. Um and no prime Jesus doesn't hate gay people, regardless of what people have told you he doesn't. Jesus loves everybody. You know, um story a really right. good story. He does not really? and by the way, he does not hate gay people. He doesn't you know, like yeah. the behavior. He loves the person. 
just to tell you a quick story of crime um, in the Bible, and I don't have time to pull up the actual scripture, but here, here's a story. Um, you may never have heard about it in the Bible, um, but I can give you the scripture, but someone can put it in the chat room if they find it. There's this lady who was a prostitute, and um, now, well, it's in the New Testament. It's the one with Jesus, and so they, yeah. they find this prostitute, and she, and they caught her actually um, having adultery or whatever with some guy, and the, the punishment for it was was literally in those times, if they caught you doing something like that, they would just stone you on sight. I mean, which literally, they they take these big rocks and throw them at you until you're dead, which is like a horrible way to die. I would much prefer, um, like, an electrocution or an electric, or an atomic bomb or something compared to having people throw rocks at me. And, you know, if you've repented, then, you know, the Lord has forgiven you. Um, and, you know, so... They everybody everybody else hated her and they said she deserved this and that she deserved to die and she deserved to die and she deserved blah blah this and this and this and this and she's um worthless and whatever and you know what happened was Jesus um they came they brought her to Jesus and they said, Well you know what, Jesus, she did this and she did this because you know what? The enemy will always accuse you of being Satan, but God will never accuse you. Ever. God God's word is forgiveness, the enemy's words is accusations. And, you know, they brought this woman to Jesus to accuse her, um, knowing, thinking that she should be stoned and killed. And they're like, Jesus, what do you say? And so Jesus, like, started writing on the ground, and he got up, and he said, well, which whichever one of you hasn't sinned, be the first person to cast a rock at her. And they all laughed, and she didn't have any more accusers. Because in the end, they realized that everybody had sinned against the Lord. There's no difference. And, you know, I was going to get in that tonight. That was actually the first chapter of, uh, or the first verse in chapter 2 of Romans, which I was going to read, which says, Therefore you are excusable, O man, whoever you are who judge, for in whatever you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge and practice the same things. And, you know what, we're not here ever to judge anybody on anything. We're here to tell you about the love of God. And the truth of what the Bible says, regardless of what preachers in this world or the world declares. And I don't really care who the person is or what position they hold anywhere, whether it's in the church or the Pope. I don't really care. Um, you know what? If someone's going to say something contrary to what the what the Bible says, then we're going to come up here on the show and we're going to say, you know what, they're full of crap because this is what God said. And that's pretty much where it ends, is at the Bible and what he said about everything. And that's what we're going to believe, period. And so, you know what? God loves you no matter what. And, you know what, maybe if I'm on tomorrow night um, by the will of God, then I'll actually tell you about my testimony, which was pretty much I spent a couple years doing um, black magic, um, real stuff with demons and things like that that people don't talk about. You know, yeah, the, Lord still, the Lord still <laughs> delivered me, he still loved me, and he still forgave me of everything I did. And so um, we have like 30 seconds left. So for all of you, um, we'll finish this tomorrow night, 10 o'clock. Uh, this is Prayer International Radio. Um, Father, bless all of them. Um, reveal them your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch -ch 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 -chum. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.